Hello, you are locked into Revive FM 94.0 with Louise Power. This show is about community matters, diversity and inclusion, a platform for women, leadership, entrepreneurship and inspirational stories. So we're glad to have you on the Power Hour today. And my special guest is Dami Hastrup. He is the CEO of a VR tech company called The Moon Hub. Welcome to the show, Dami. Thanks for having me on, Louise. You're more than welcome. I'm really glad to have you here. I know we've been trying to arrange this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, we've, we've, we've got here, and um, um, I know you've had a busy schedule, plus we've had COVID as well, so I'm really glad to have you here. And um, Would you like to just introduce yourself and uh, where you're from? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Dami Hastrup. I am the founder and CEO of Moonhub. Um, Moonhub is a virtual reality training platform company, and we're essentially helping companies change how they train uh, their staff um, by giving them access to uh, a system that essentially helps them capture data uh, in a really cool way. Basically making sure that VR is uh, is the uh, next natural step uh, when it comes to using learning and development tech. Uh, and me, myself, uh, I'm a London boy born and raised. Um, originally was born in North London, mm-hmm. uh, raised for the majority of my life in West London and for the last three years been living in Stratford, East London. So yeah, um, been about everywhere. <laughs> so, you're, so, you're, so you're a Londoner? And um, you are you. You're a CEO of, the, of a tech company that's virtual training. Yeah. So what does that entail? The virtual training. What kind of um, training is it that you partake in? Yeah. So um, I mean, there's virtual training, and then we do virtual reality training. So essentially, mm-hmm. uh, virtual reality for those who may not be uh, familiar with it is essentially allowing yourself to step into a VR headset, so a virtual reality headset, uh, and essentially it simulates what it's like to be in another environment. So sometimes people make these into animated, gamified looking places, uh, but we take a slightly different approach. We help capture uh, real life scenarios and we'll recreate using our high definition cameras. Uh, and then we immerse somebody in those scenarios and kind of like a, I wouldn't say total recall, but kind of like a, a, yeah. a allowing people to relive these things and essentially get scored on how they would react to certain situations, um, basically allowing them to feel more prepared for future scenarios uh, that they'd actually be facing in real life at their workplaces. Um, yeah, so essentially making yeah. training more more relatable, more applicable. It's really innovative and I'm ex- this is really exciting actually because you think about any training that you've been on in any sort of like work environment, you don't actually get to partake and understand what that's like in its entirety until you're put in that position. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you may not be put in a particular situation for a while or as soon as it happens, then the way you think you would react to something Mm. or the way you think you'd behave or even converse with somebody completely changes because you feel really off guard. So having that reality and having that real experience, do you find that the people that you interact with, um, your clients and the um, employees, Mm. do they, what's their kind of feedback once they've received that real you know, in, yeah. in, 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 yeah, I think, I think, I think the first, um, the first reaction most people have when they step into, uh, sort of what we create for them is, uh, one of, I don't want to say awe or wonder, but yeah, one of those things. And they essentially, they love what they see. They're sort of taken aback as to how realistic we can make things look. Um, but if you kind of imagine, uh, what I am, I would see, uh, like a heads up display. So loads of really cool information points, just, you know, bouncing around everywhere. Um, whilst you're being scored on, you know, what you're seeing, essentially what they feel is, okay, this is like a real life situation, but I'm actually getting a bit of help. Um, the system's actually showing me what I should be looking out for. Uh, and touching on your point that you said earlier, when it comes to, um, you know, having to experience the situation for real before you kind of really get it yeah um i always like using the analogy of you know if you get told to look both ways before you cross the road 
um, all the time. <laughs> but uh, the day that you almost get hit by a car or hit by a bus in person, then you're actually like, okay, next time I cross the road, I'm going to be looking both ways at least four times um, before I even try and cross the road. But that's because you're like, oh my goodness, that's what it feels like. So playing on that, um, playing on that mechanic uh, in someone's mind and their memory function, uh, that's what we're doing essentially to, yeah. to bridge that gap between learning and practical experience as well. Yeah, I, it's, you, nothing better than firsthand. You know the analogy when you're a child: don't play with fire, you'll get burnt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what led you into that? The industry itself. What took you into the industry? Where was your interest? You said you was a London boy. Mm. Um, was you always a gamer? Like, uh, was was that always something you yeah. was really keen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I am. Uh, I've been a gamer for as long as I can remember actually yeah growing up I, I I mean I was both outside and inside a lot but whenever I was inside I was always playing video games um, I think my first console was the PlayStation 1 I remember my dad bringing um, bringing it home uh, when we lived in the flat in North London and I was just blown away by this thing I used to spend hours in front of it and um, you know from the Nintendo GameCube to the DS to basically everything I've loved games uh, but I've also loved tech as well um, right. and the inspiration for this is I've always been a bit of a sci-fi geek I love uh, the concepts of virtual reality I think it can look a bit dystopian if you think of people just having these headsets on all the time however what I wanted to do was take that image and completely flip it and actually show no it can be quite seamless and integrated into everyone's daily life so when I graduated university, uh, sort of during my time at university, I had done sort of loads of things and market research at different companies. So from law firms to uh, petroleum analysis companies, and um, and I even did a sort of a course at sort of Harvard for a summer as well. Awesome. Uh, when I came out, I was applying for jobs um, and I was sort of getting to the final interview stages and being offered, but I just had this itch to really start this this vision I had of you know changing how people train and prepare themselves for different situations by using VR um, so yeah I, uh, I I actually got up and walked out of the final interview of like the last job I interviewed for because I was like yeah you know what I, I'm kind of kidding myself being here um, I'm, I don't know who I'm kidding and I, I got home incorporated the moon hub on my parents dining table that evening uh, that was about f- just over four years ago. And, wow. um, I didn't yeah. know that part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I- hearing it for the first time, guys. <laughs> like, I know I knew some of it, but I didn't realize that the entrepreneurial spirit was in kind such that you just was in an interview and you was like, actually... I don't want to work for anyone else. Yeah, this is, this and is, to yeah, and to anyone at that, it was a big tech firm as well. To anyone who was who was um, conducting that interview, uh, I don't know if you'd ever be listening to this, but if you are, I am sorry. Uh, it was nothing to do with you at all. You were all wonderful, um, but yeah, I just I couldn't really I couldn't really um, couldn't really do it. And you know, when I started, I actually worked at retail for a bit. So I worked in um, an Abercrombie uh, uh, in the flagship store, well, the kids' flagship store, and um, I'd known Vin uh, from before, and I'd known Hannah from Leicester. University, uh, and whilst I was at Abercrombie, uh, I sort of had co- incorporated the company. And by six months into my sort of part-time work there, um, I basically said to Vin, "Look, um, we know the ins and outs of you know uh, how people train, and we've learned a lot as well because we've been looking at the KPIs of things. And I'm not allowed to say certain things, mm-hmm. but um, essentially, uh, we were just like, look." this really can work you know we've asked loads of people here who work here this really can work and you know we left Abercrombie um, you know around I think February 2017 and Hannah um, you know who heard about what we were doing really really loved what we were doing and awesome. came on a couple of months after Vin joined um, and from there it was just 
yeah, it was it was an incredible journey. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of it you want me to ramble on about. You know, but... I, I remember one of the things that I found really interesting is when you was explaining that you was training during like a retail scenario. Yeah. Um, do you want to just explain to the audience a little bit about that? Because I thought that was really interesting. And I think that links into the fact that you was working in a retail yeah. environment. And then that some of that idea, what, did it come from that retail environment and, and how you was able to then immerse the two ideas? Absolutely, yeah. So... Um, so one thing about um, our platform, so our platform is called Rover, is that it has a patent pending spot and drop scoring system. So that's what sets us aside from most other companies. And without going too deep into how it's done because of yeah. IP, um, it was we actually use a lot of the knowledge that we gained from our retail experience. Vin had been there for far longer than I had. Um, but yeah, we, we lent on that a lot because that actually helped us, you know, create this um, clever little mechanic, uh, sorry, mechanism mm-hmm. you know, within the system um, that helps sort of gauge uh, and predict certain things that, that happen. And um, it's it's great because what we then did was create in our demo system, which we now have today, um, uh, these retail sort of scenarios. So let's say, for example, one of them is a shoplifting scenario. So you're tasked with finding a shoplifter, uh, but one thing that we, we love hearing, especially when people try it on whenever we've been going to pitches, is um, the first thing they put on is like, oh my goodness, there's so many people. Uh, but that's the truth. So sorry, you said, oh my God. There's so many people. People, yeah. Yeah, uh, because when, when they try on the headset, um, they they kind of look at it and they're thinking, okay, right, who, who am I looking for? Yeah. Who am I looking at? Um, I think it's this person, but it could be that person. And then instantly it clicks that, okay, no, this is actually what it's like on a retail floor. I don't have the full view in front of me, of, in front of me as most training scenarios show. Um, you know, when you try and train on an iPad or a laptop, um, they show you just a video and saying, this is what it looks like and this is what you should look out for. Right. Um, but the reason why people don't feel like they're better prepared is because that hasn't really shown them what it actually feels like to be in a scenario where somebody's sneaking, sneaking off to the side and trying to steal something. Um, and that's just one example out of many. You've got customer attention, you've got things such as store presentation, even security, people leaving bags on the tables and, you know, in Absolutely. the climate that we are today. And reading people's um, personalities and yeah. the, the way that their face changes. Their body and language. And their body everything. language. Yeah, and essentially our, our platform allows um, for companies to see a score and just basically see how different areas and again I don't want to get too into yeah. it but just how perceptive people were in certain areas and certain fields um, and that's literally done through a spot on a job with a click it's, 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 it's amazing honestly it really is amazing um, I remember I think my first virtual reality experience was do you remember the Trocadero? Oh yeah. yeah 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 I used to love going there when I was <laughs> when I was younger is that still around? No it's gone now you know what? it was Leicester Square it's gone Did, you know it's been gone yeah it's been gone for years oh, it's been gone for years I mean I haven't been in a long yeah, time yeah. Evident, evidently but um, oh my goodness you remember that because yeah. that you know like everybody was sort of travel down there because you could go have like a virtual reality experience plus you could get like sweets and pictures taken and everything yeah um, like this was the what where we are now this was the future in a long distance yeah and, um, you know, you'd go in and you'd put the glasses on or mm. you'd be, like, driving a car. Yeah. Or having that... And it's just like, wow, this is the future. This is where we're headed. And yeah. we're going to be flying cars and we're all <laughs> going to be, you know, speaking to each other virtually. And we don't have to be in the same place. Mm. Yeah. And we're in 2020 now. Yeah. And here we are having conversations virtually where we're not 
in the same place. <laughs> I know, right? And yeah, it's it's interesting because there are so many great people doing great things in VR. Um, but one thing I really want to stress to everyone, and everyone's doing brilliantly, is don't forget the people. Uh, don't forget the people who are going to be using it because, as you said, you can do so many fantastic things. But one of the things that we definitely try and hammer home is make sure that you bring people along with you. So don't make it too complex. Um, allow it to be really, really useful. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just kind of build them, build them up with the system and the platform and essentially, you know, I mean, when iPads first came out, yeah, people were sort of, oh, how do I work this thing and whatnot? And now it's super, I mean, you have kids using iPads yeah. super easily, which is... At like one years old? Yeah, or, kind of scary. Before they talk, actually. <laughs> yeah, that... There, there's a connection, insane. like, there's an actual, like, sort of, like, I think I've done studies, like, there's like an emotional connection between, like, a parent's phone or yeah. iPad or computer and the child before they're even able to have... A, conversation yeah that's it's incredible and te since tech is becoming more involved in people's lives vr will eventually as well and um you know the studies that have been released i mean pwc released a report earlier this year and it showed that vr training um well vr training essentially helps corporate companies complete training up to four times faster yeah uh, it's like 64 percent less expensive at, uh, at scale uh, and people display higher confidence when it comes to applying what they've learned so it's it really is a no-brainer when it comes to the next step and the next generation Thank you so much for sharing. Part of um, the ethos here at the Power Hour is really connecting with the community. Yeah. Um, and I would, re you know, as a Londoner, um, I would really like to know from yourself, did you always have that entrepreneurial spirit? Because I'm thinking about some of the young people that might be listening to the show or some of the people in the, in the community that are thinking about starting a um, startup company mm. or perhaps people in the tech industry are thinking about growth. They're yeah. a startup. Um, have you always been in instinctively entrepreneurial, do you think? Um, do you know what? I think I, I was talking to my cousin, um, I think, a few weeks ago. Well, I'm not sure which conversation it was, but um, he said to me that he was quite surprised I went down the entrepreneurial route because, as I said, I was a bit of a geek when I was growing up and I loved science, I loved tech, and he always thought, damn, you're just going to get a really, um, you're going to get, uh, I don't know, like an IT job or what. Technically, yeah. which technically I have but um, the actual entrepreneurial spirit I definitely um, sort of pay homage to my parents for that um, both of them are, are entrepreneurs and my mum specifically owns a sort of a nursery chain in, in West London and I saw that start from one nursery with a few kids to like you know eight or, or however many they are I think I lose count now as well yeah. So, um, yeah I saw a lot of sort of strength and resilience in her and I think she definitely helped teach me how to think outside um, the box and you know be creative my dad as well and um, you know it, it's definitely helped and yeah I think self-confidence is yeah. just, just understanding that it's okay to be told no we um, had a role model yeah your mum was mm. a role model for having business starting business um, just for a moment. So, Hab, I just wanted to make sure that I'm coming through okay on the radio. Is it? Fine. Um, starting business mm -hmm. and 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 being a role model in the sense that, you know, you I would presume that you saw her start that business from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so did she instill, did she say anything? Did she instill anything in you? Or was it just visual? Like seeing mum like just go, you know, in herself, I'm starting a nursery yeah. and, and just create. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was definitely, I think, more visual. Uh, my mum always allowed us to be open uh, and do whatever we wanted to do. Uh, 
it's funny because when I actually walked out of that job interview, <laughs> she was not happy at all. Um, yeah, not because she didn't believe in me, but just because yeah. I genuinely walked out of a job interview. And as any grad um, would know that, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of grads out there who have, you know, still currently... Yeah, you took work. a risk. You're risk yeah. averse. Yeah, I, I, the, it was just, yeah, when I came home, understandably, she was like, what on earth are you doing? Um, and she definitely pushed me into saying, look, working retail for a bit I wanted to anyway but she said look do that you know um, I know you want to do more market research um, but whilst you figure out whether or not this is genuinely what you want to do but that actually helped me double down um, and yeah, I had temp jobs like working night shifts at a hotel and sort of all these things uh, and it really actually made me even more inspired just to really hit the go button on everything that I'm doing yeah it's so inspirational Thank you. and I think you hit some really key things in this interview so far you spoke about market research yeah um and um for some people that may not understand it's about going out there and finding out what it is that customers need yeah and how you can supply yeah so give the service or the product for what they need the demand um and i think being able to put all those things together is really 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 clever um and also having that having that feeling and self-belief that actually i can do this Mm. you know what i mean like you know i've got it within me and i and i feel risk adverse enough to say you know i'm i'm not going to get i don't know when i'm going to get like a salary or i'm going to get investment or anything like that but i feel completely um motivated enough within myself to go off and start start a business and you know at the time what other things was you looking at because i'm just thinking about some of the people might, that might be listening i was thinking you might be looking at your competitors and and or you know what's what's out there um and maybe sort of like how you actually get started in get, get, yeah, get started sure. um, market research is very important so as i as i said like the company is just over four years old now um and it's been been brilliant um in terms of what i've learned what's important for everybody or anybody listening who is you know potentially tempted to start their own venture as well is that it it does take time it may take less time it may take more time um but i remember i used to always hear the quote rome wasn't built in a day and i used to you know you just pass off these quotes and think okay sure yeah but okay what do i do today um but if you actually take it in it's true um a lot of these things take time building relationships with your potential clients or your customers takes time um a lot of the customers that we have now Mm -hmm. um we had either started conversations uh, with years ago or had you know originally originally started to go in just for market research purposes i remember the first day um we had ever gone so it was a major bank um that we had gone into Mm -hmm. uh because we'd just been introduced to some people on the lnd team and we went uh and vin and i were were heading this meeting and we thought it was just going to be some feedback and we actually got thrown straight into it there were about 12 to 15 people around this big board table uh, and we had barely sort of a working system and we they said okay cool what do you have for us and we thought oh my god Gosh. this is i've been um, in that situation before right it's, <laughs> it was uh, we were just like wow and then kind of looked at me like take it away partner <laughs> i was like okay cool um he's he's usually always really really great with doing the demo system so i had to sort of give a picture of a lifetime and we got loads of great feedback as well from them um they told us everything they liked about it what they would yeah. like and and that's this is like in the very early days so this is when we were still building it around what people would want, want. and that's the most important part about market research because yeah. what you feel is very cool is great did you have a deck or anything at that time or it was literally just you know we you explaining did. to them we did but it will it will never see the light of day again um 
compared to what we have now. Um, yeah. <laughs> it will never see the light of day again. Um, people compared our old logo to uh, to a bowling ball, and um, oh. hey, we all I, got to start somewhere. I designed that, so that that did hurt when I got I got screaming face bowling bowling ball. Did you ever see our old logo? I think I did. I I didn't think it was that bad. That was about thank a couple you. of years back. Yeah, yeah. Thank you I didn't so think much, it was Louise. that bad. That, that's great to hear. I, yeah. To every to everybody listening that that made fun of it, I, I hope you <laughs> see I've got a supporter here in that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm I'm definitely here to support. Um, so I think for me now, I'm just you know I'm just so excited listening to all the stories and everything else. So the company's going for four years. I've known you for I think going on nearly three years. Yeah. Um, and. Let's just say one of the most exciting things that was that we met at Plexel. Yeah. Um, Plexel is a tech hub, a tech city over there in the Olympic Park. Mm. So shout out to all the Plexalites yeah, and I all of our Plexel. friends over there. Yeah. Um, I um, have been part of the Plexel family for some time and, and, and Dami as well. Um, and I just wanted to say from my point of view, as an entrepreneur, I remember going into that Olympic Park tech city space for the first time, mm. feeling like, wow. This is, this is bigger than me. Like this is, this is big. Yeah. Um, um, have you got any advice for people? Um, you know, and, and, I, and I don't know if you had the same feeling when you went over to Plex. So, have you got any advice for anybody when you know just about sort of like being overwhelmed and still being able to grasp and hang on to that original plan? You know, for what it is that they was trying to to. Because sometimes you can be, be overwhelmed and think, "Wow, this is bigger than me. Can I really do this?" And uh, you know, imposter syndrome sets in and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, do you know what? That's that's a really good point because a lot of the time in the early days, you sometimes feel. I always use the analogy swimming in air, but I think I have a better one that's just come to mind. Um, but sometimes you feel like you're paddling and nothing's happening. Like you're not even sticking the oar into anything. You're not sticking it into water, mud, anything, uh, because you don't feel like you're getting any traction. And imposter syndrome can start to kick in. And years ago, we, when we were working from dining tables and coffee shops, um, you know, we we were building, we were building, but it it, just, it was too early. We didn't have something you know that companies wanted at that time because, of course, it was years ago, and we didn't have the funding, the backing, and you know, we were doing as as best as we could. And um, when, we, when we came to Plexal, you know, I, I really love Plexal. I think everyone there is super awesome, has been incredibly supportive as well. I love the environment. I think mm-hmm. it's one Great. where innovation thrives because it's a space where people are very like-minded. You have people who want to create things and that is their core driver, nothing else. Um, and I think a lot of things can pollute an innovative mind in the world. Yes. Um, so Plexal seems like a bit of a bubble where that doesn't happen. And, you know, when we came to Plexal, I remember it was actually... Um, I think, it was, I think it was like a, f- a couple years ago. Uh, it was actually on Hannah's birthday because um, we were we had been working from dining tables and coffee shops and um, we had been introduced to the concept of Plexal by a website client. So we used to do things like web design and graphic uh-huh. design to raise money back in the day. And um, they said, look, there's this cool place called Plexal. You should check it out. So we did. And we got there and we were blown away. We thought, how has this been around the corner? And we had no You didn't idea. know it was there. We didn't know. And we, we came in and we thought, yeah, 100%, we're going to, you know, even if it's me and scrapping all the money we have together, we're going to, you know, be on hot desks here. We'll hop around. I think for the first few months we were there, we were known as the hoppers. We were everywhere. I think <laughs> no matter what anybody wanted to hear, if they wanted to get on with their work, it was like, nope, hi, we have Moon Hub, how you doing? <laughs> or the Moon Hub at the time. We hadn't dropped the uh, there yet. But um, yeah, and it was, it was brilliant because whilst we were there you really get us and when I was talking about the paddling thing yeah 
you're onto something. As long as you can paddle, you're onto something. You just need to be in the right area where you can gain some traction, have some people who believe in the vision like you do as well, uh, and can really help give you a helping hand and push you along. Um, uh, so yeah, I'd say if you feel like you're not gaining any traction, you are, but definitely try and make um, friends um, because genuine connections are important. Um, but also, you know, make connections, make friends, uh, and get a community around get, you that also... I was going to say, build yeah, your team, build your team. tribe. Yeah, your tribe. Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes your tribe might be the people that you work with, mm. and then you're going to have your cheerleaders in your family and friendship groups, yeah. you know, and people, you know, where you can... And then <clears throat> somewhere you can perhaps have an outlet, yeah. you know, some downtime, you know, yeah. to keep that mind and keep your good mental health by exercising and, and you know, just, you know, going back to, like... Um, I know I like to go back to a Canva board sometimes. Yeah. Because I will like put my business down and my ideas down in very basic principle. And then I'll go back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had like four or five different things that I wanted mm. to do. But because time's gone on, yeah, life gets in the way and you start doing other things. You're like, you know what? I, I forgot about my Canva. And actually there's some really good points in there. Mm. So sometimes it's about going back to, to basics. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is funding because yeah. going into premises and being able to afford premises and being able to grow and change logos and, and immerse yourself mm. in such a fantastic way as you have, mm. um, would we be able to share some of that common, wonderful knowledge about how, how is it that you know, we get from um, Dami Hashtrap from London with an idea about doing virtual reality training in retail departments and, and in all the, these awesome um, places to being able to actually do it? Um, wow. I mean... I know it's a big question, but... It is, time. yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, it was... I mean, even thinking about the journey that I've had and the team's had, it's been it's been really interesting. And one thing I can definitely say is that every single person's journey will be different. Um in terms of the funding and, and, and how we got there, I mean, it was, what, two and a half years? About, you know, just over two years um, until we got our first amount of funding. Um, and, you know, you think, how do you even keep yourself going for that long? And, you know, be creative is, is what I would say. And also be 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 resilient. Um, you know, I think uh, there's one word that is always used to describe myself and the team, and it's tenacity or yeah. tenacious, um, which we kind of like so we'll keep it um i like that <laughs> yeah but also also make sure you don't try and go it alone you know you have to have people around you who are supportive and i know that's not um something that everyone is fortunate enough to to have but it comes back to when i was talking about building communities building those people around you that that kind of want to mm -hmm. support you and see you see you thrive and um before i got into the funding even mm -hmm. like thinking about times where i'd be shooting so having the 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 vr filming day and then having to share, run to the night shift um uh, at the hotel and i remember like you know my best friend would um you know drive me there i have so much love for him um you know even for for being so involved and just helping out like just as, helping out the yeah, small things right like, like literally like family to me and you know it's it's one of those things where when it comes to trying to go for investment investors need to especially in the early stages they need to believe in you um but they can't believe in you if you don't believe in yourself so if you're somebody who i mean our, our initial investor and we're super grateful to him as well uh, when we first approached him it wasn't the right time and it was a no um but we approached a year later and then it was a yes and it was you know it was because we had gone away and we thought okay cool um 
we believe that this is definitely something that is going to be a winner um, and we're just not conveying that correctly yet. So what do we need to do correct to correctly convey that? Um, I think if, if an investor can see how much work you're doing um, to try and essentially take the legwork away from them. So say, look, we've gone to these companies. This is what they've said. We've done this by ourselves. We've done it on this amount of money. Imagine what we can do with more. Um, in the early days, it will still be still be more of a like taking a punt on the company um, because, of course, there's no huge amount of metrics, um, especially for us anyway, because we're a B2B um, company uh, instead of like a generating thousands yeah. of users kind of thing. And, um, you know, again, it's networks, especially for the early stages, going to angel networks and, you know, don't, don't try and build um, relationships with investors you don't get along with. Uh, they're going to be buying into your baby, your vision. So you want to make sure that whoever's buying into it, um, I mean, if you have the luxury of this, just make sure that you get along with them. Make sure that there's somebody you have a genuine connection with. Genuine connections are something that's very important to me. I don't, I don't like forcing connections. I don't like forcing relationships. I, I like to think I get on with most people. Um, but, but there has to be some sort of genuine, well, some sort of like-minded kind of connection. Just bear me one moment. Just having a little um, shout out to the to the studio because we're post-COVID. I just want to make sure. Um, because you know this part here in the ears I can't hear, and I'm just making sure that we're not going to, we're not going into a commercial break, and I've missed anything here. Okay, everything's fine. That's good because we're post COVID, guys, <laughs> and it's all changed here. So I just wanted yeah. to make sure that everything is being done correctly. I can still, I can still hear you. You're you, pretty good on here. Brilliant. Okay, awesome. that's good. Um, so um, you was you were just talking about um, the funding. Yeah. So because I wanted to know about. Um, is, is there a sort of like a way that you may be able to break down in, in, in simple terms, the mm. seed and pre-seed, maybe how people may understand how if you have, yeah, if you have an idea and you need funding and I know that these are terminologies, but you know, just as sort of like simple terms for them. For sure. Um, so it's, it's interesting. So the UK and the US, uh, we have Europe and the US and they're, they're kind of different ideas of what pre-seed and seed are. Um, over here, um, the seed, uh, the, sorry, the bar for pre-seed is a bit higher than it is in the US. In the US, you can raise millions off of an idea as long as you can market it quite well. Um, over here, they demand a bit more from you. Um, over here, when it comes to a pre-seed round, for us, it was having an MVP and having strong interest. And even then, I'd say we were quite fortunate to get what we got. Um, seed is what we're currently at now. Um, the raise at the moment is um, is starting to pick up momentum. It's going mm-hmm. pretty well, pretty well. And um, it's it's interesting because at this um, at this stage, we've now got um, you know pilots and working um, relationships right. with you know very big companies. Um, some uh, well, some I'm not actually allowed to say. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Here, but, um, <laughs> but during Seed, you can like people will have like pilots and have yeah. some sort of like case studies yeah. and have some, so, some experience yeah so seed seed is to expand what you're already doing pre-seed yeah. is to pretty much get it off the ground yeah um so a pre-seed round is quite important because when you uh, when you fulfill a, a pre-seed round it's delivering on the promise that you promised your pre-seed investor uh, that look we are doing this with bootstrap money mm-hmm. with pre-seed money we'll be able to get and hit the milestones that are required for either seed money or to be self-sufficient. Um, so a lot of work happens between sort of pre-seed and seed because you're essentially converting that money into a working company that right. more investors will want to pump money into slash you'll actually be self-sufficient and be able to get um, you know enough clients uh, off the ground to um, essentially you know be self-sufficient. Um, and it's um, yeah, it's very interesting. Both uh, there are different ways to approach them, but with pre-seed, what we found is you know the person 
personal relationships are very important and even with seed the personal relationships are very important but when you're at seed you'll be dealing more with vcs right uh and vcs are okay you have you have just to, just tell them who what a vc is so a vc is a venture capitalist um mm-hmm. or a venture capital company um uh-huh. and essentially they take uh equity oh sorry they take equity in your company um you know in exchange uh for them giving you money like a normal investor but they answer to people who also have given their money to invest that money so what you'll have is things such as um fund cycles which is for example if mm-hmm. uh let's say i'm a mr bigwig and i have loads of money and i give a vc my money and i say look i want this back in eight years do something with it and let's say for example they're five years into having that money and then you approach them um they will it'll be in the small print but essentially it'll be hey by the way uh you have three years to turn this around we want this yeah. kind of target whereas some funds you'll have you know the full eight years because you start at the beginning so if you're at the seed level it's very important to you know make sure hey okay how long have you had this money for and so how long do you have left, left to, to get to it, give back? it back because all vcs want an exit right that's i mean they're going to make money on your company they may really like you as a person um but at the end of the day you are in addition to the portfolio you need to be able to um provide a return and most vcs i think it's like an 80 percent fail rate so most vcs when they invest in companies 80% of them fail so they need to rely on the 20% that do succeed to succeed very very well. well so that's why it's tough to get VC money because they want every single mm-hmm. company that you know applies to them or that they accept to be potentially part of that 20% because if that company does succeed it can't succeed in a me- mediocre way it needs to excel and that's yeah. why every unit I can imagine as well some of those VCs is quite a lot of accountability some VCs may just give you the money yeah. and let it get on with it yeah. and you have another kind of VC that wants a very close working relationship they want to know what's going on you know um, yeah. I, I guess people work in sort of like different ways mm-hmm. um and i think you mentioned an interesting word in the startup world yeah i'm very familiar with called bootstrap <laughs> yes <laughs> bootstrap is when you start your business on a shoestring pretty much like i did yeah. and sounds like what damon did on a shoestring from your home bedroom yeah. coffee shop wherever really mobile phone laptop mm. um a little bit of budget yeah. Not really living on much, but just putting putting in all the hours. Not necessarily having any anything any significant amount of money to start off with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's exactly what bootstrapping is. Uh, it's making sure that you can do the most you can with as little as you have. Um, and essentially, that's kind of. I mean, every single um, yeah uh, company bootstraps at the beginning. Well, most do. Uh, but yeah getting to that first initial stage is 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 tough as i'm sure you you have experienced as well and bootstrap leads really nicely into community into diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. because um i was a woman i'm i'm a woman from east london a mother Mm. um and certainly for me there wasn't any sort of like um um family that could put together for a business for me or money together or anything like that um and i know that in the community that we live amongst newham tower hamlets hackney Mm. there's you know we there you know as much as these areas are quite influential there's also quite you know we it is quite poverty derived and there is you know place pockets where we need opportunity people need opportunity yeah um and i think when we think when i think when we talk about bootstrapping, it does make me think about, you know, a lot of people in the community that may be thinking about, you know, 
I'd really love to start a business, but how do I even get started? Or, um, you know, I've got to pay my, 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 my bills every month. And, um, you know, could I really even, even, even start something? Um, and, you know, I'm into tech, but is, is it an inclusive place for me? <clears throat> you know, I don't really see many people that look like me or um, could, can I even get, get investment? So, you know, for me, encouraging more diversity and inclusion, inclusion in the mm. tech space. So I think the tech space is a, is a wonderful place to be. Mm. Um, and it's a fantastic community and places like where we work together as well is a fantastic community. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I'm just thinking about how we can immerse more diversity and inclusion in the tech space yeah. um, for for people that may feel like it's not an inclusive space for them. Yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, as you know, in Plexa, we have some great companies. I mean, you've got Mete's My Life, My Say. Uh-huh. Um, you've got Nana's uh, Body Sports. Um, Body Sports do, you know, incredible things um, for the community as well. And, you know, they actually gave me the opportunity and I felt very, very privileged to do so. Um, to talk to some year, I think it was year 12s and 13s, Mm -hmm. um, going on to university. And, you know, a lot of them had questions for me about, okay, cool, do I go to university? Should I do this subject? Like, what kind of things should I do? Um, And, you know, it it was interesting to hear because there is sort of a preconception of, okay, what is it that I'm kind of not welcome to do, but what is it that I... I should be expected to go and do, you know, because tech, as you, yeah, as you said, doesn't always present itself as a very inclusive space, um, especially when you look at companies that, well, VCs that invest in companies and you look at the boards of those companies and yeah. there's a very common factor there. And, um, and you know, in terms of what we can do to try and change that, um, honestly, there are so many different things. I think first and foremost is inspiration. People yeah. need to actually feel, uh, have the willpower to fight and fight and go, go for it. And, you know, I, you know, I always welcome the opportunity for anybody. That's why if I ever get sort of an email from a student or somebody who's aspiring to do something similar or anything like that, I will always make time for them um, just because not many people do. So I think, you know, a lot of, I mean, as a black person, as a black man myself, um, you know, I understand that, you know, it's sometimes it can feel discouraging um, as, as well if you don't feel like your voice is one that is as valid or matters as much um so it's it's very important for a lot of these kids coming through um to have role models um and people that they can look to or say you know what they're they're doing it i i want to be like them or i want to try and do it um to say that i'm at that kind of level yet is a bit beyond me i don't think it's something i would definitely like to aspire to get to you know to be somebody that oh no doubt no doubt no doubt. I would like to get there at some point to be somebody who does inspire people eventually. But um, for now, I think just believing in myself and pushing as forward as I, as fast as I can, as forward as I can, um, can really then allow others to see, okay, look, um, you know, these are the things that he's been through. This is These are the things that he's overcome. Um, I can do it too. And I really want to encourage everyone that, yeah, you can. 100%, some people's circumstances are way tougher. Uh, and as you mentioned, especially in places like Tower Hamlets and areas just all around mm-hmm. us, it's you know, can be very tough to get into those spaces. But I think that sounds so, so simple, but a conversation, a conversation with somebody who can give you advice as to what the road ahead can look like, can really help you shape um, not only your idea, but just how to execute that idea and how to move forward with yeah. it as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that um, everything you said is correct. And I think you most certainly are a role model already. <laughs> and you are inspiring people. <laughs> Hence the reason why I'm like, you need to be on my show, first of all. Sorry, it's taking so long. <laughs> so, first of all, you are definitely an inspiration. Um, 
amongst our community and where we where we work but also you know amongst the community of in the tech in world of tech mm. um and as a black man i think that even more so a role model because there are not many black C- male ceos in yeah. the tech in the tech in world of tech what and from a black male perspective why do you think that is? Um, I think it was, do you know what? I think it was 0.9% of founders in Europe are black. I think that was... Yeah, I, that sounds please, about right. Please don't don't quote me on that. I think I, I read that, um, it was, a, it was a, I can't remember which publication it was, but I read it earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. there are many. It's higher than what I read, because I read 0.7. Oh, really? Yeah, so, so maybe around 0.9, 0.7. Yeah. Um, yeah, there aren't many at all. Um, but what was, sorry, what was the question? No, I know, I was just saying, I wanted to ask you, like, do, do you think what's the reason why you don't you, you may not see many people like your yourself that's a good question actually um because yeah again it's it could be a number of factors it could be opportunity um it could be people feeling mm-hmm. like look i just i need to make a living yeah I, i'm not in a situation where i can afford to you know take time out and think about my goal or a vision so again those support networks are very very yeah. important um, um sorry to interrupt school yeah your experience at school, mm. mixed with home life, was there something that happened for you at school in terms of teachers or in terms of the particular lessons that was encouraging that helped towards steer this career? You know what? It was school did play a role, but maybe not in the way that you think. So okay. school school kind of highlighted to me that there was there is a system that I may not be the most favoured in. Um, and you know, for me I was not I wouldn't really say um, kind of in my own world but often at times I was the kid who brought I would bring a ball in because I wanted to sort of make it so that people would play with me right or uh, instead of being able to join somebody else's game and I kind of went on my own path a lot because I often feel like I didn't really fit into a system that was already there Um, and I think you know being in school uh, instead of it being oh wow this has inspired me to do so many things it's kind of shown me well I'm actually kind of used to doing things my own way um, because I don't feel like I really fit uh, you know what what has been designed for for me it's not really fitting me very well Um, and yeah I think with a lot of students I mean yeah expulsion rates and uh, I never did get suspended or expelled but expulsion rates and suspension rates aren't great um, mm-hmm. especially in inner city London for uh, younger black boys and, um, and uh, girls but I think it's definitely disproportionately younger black yeah. boys as well um, and you know that also can then lead to because the thing is is projection is a very real thing right if somebody treats you like a badly behaved person or if somebody treats you like you're not going to go places or if somebody says that that was never for you or that's that's not your path eventually you're kind of going to be like well sod it screw that why yeah. why am i going to try and you know do anything, do different. anything it, differently it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah it's a self it's a self-fulfilling prophecy uh-huh. you know if if people i mean if einstein was to walk into a room and no one knew who he was and somebody was to start a rumor that he was you know the dumbest man on the planet he could say a million smart things but the moment he said something that might be slightly silly people will say aha see yeah he is um similarly to you know these kids in school if they feel like you know or the the, the system isn't really mm-hmm. you know not even tailored or adapted to them but just doesn't give them as much of a fair shot or is way less tolerant on them um and a lot sterner it's almost kind of like i'm being judged before i've even done anything and that can definitely lead to behavioral problems because you know there's a element of defiance it's human nature right if you feel like you're being sort of 
prodded and poked and pushed mm. um, even in the most subtle ways you'll definitely kind of bite back and be like leave me alone you know yeah. what if you say I'm such a this person or that person you know what why should I why should I make your life easy and make it um, and try and prove you wrong yeah um, I, I encourage I encourage kids to prove them wrong but in a different way don't pander but just yeah I don't know just try yeah, and excel despite I, I, what they say and, and you mentioned about like doing your own thing yeah and I think that that's a fantastic opportunity for maybe your teacher or someone to notice hey maybe he has like a, a different interest yeah and it sounds like you started to mold that interest more when you left school yeah. and went to university mm. and began finding your niche it sounds like that's when you began to mold your interests and it was sort of like school was like i have to do school but yeah do you know what it's interesting university definitely helps um so anyone so any of the sort of school kids listening um mm-hmm. university don't worry when you get there uh, even if school may not be the easiest or nicest thing now when you get to university it definitely allows you to spread your wings uh, a bit more because everyone's kind of reinventing themselves and allowing to be themselves properly i think maybe even for the first time mm-hmm. um but i think for me the turning point was when i actually did that course at harvard one summer uh because i think the uk as a whole can be very um uh i mean don't get me wrong, I, I'm a born and bred Brit. I love this place. Um, but I think in our culture, it's very much a case of trying can sometimes be a bit uncool, right? We want to be yeah. the reserved ones. We don't really sc- uh, sing and shout about what we do all too much. Um, and if you're going to try something different, uh, everyone kind of looks tentatively over their shoulder. And if it doesn't work out, everyone's like, ah, see, knew it wasn't. Whereas I think over there, they had to do this kind of like, oh, okay, go, go, go. Ah, oh, it didn't work out this time. But you'll get it next time. So I think being more encouraging to people who, I mean, if somebody comes up to you and tells you the wackiest idea, um, don't get me wrong. Uh, there are some there are some goodness, good business ideas and there are some, maybe you should rethink that one. But, um, but in terms of like any inspirational idea, even this room that we're sitting in, these microphones that we're talking into, they were all ideas at some point. So yeah, um, yeah just being more encouraging in that sense as well. And yeah, just be encouraging of your peers and in return, I'm hoping that, they get that same encouragement just being supportive isn't it it's being yeah. supportive and and uh, you, you're talking about the states right yeah the culture is very different mm. in the sense that people are quite bold about yeah. risk and change and going for the goals and going for the hopes and going for dreams mm-hmm. and also i think as well you know like you said so, sometimes the british culture is one that of safety yeah safety is very important over here um sometimes the detriment of our own creativity i mean even you know the software for alexa um yeah. pretty sure pretty sure it was anyway again don't quote me but i'm pretty sure it british made youtube started by two british guys like some of the really big things in the world were started here um and you know kudos to all of them as well like as in it's not a failure by any shot that they they've sold but you know now youtube is worth billions and billions um but that's because the americans took it and ran with it because there was a big vision there yeah and, but we definitely have the talent and the creativity to do absolutely. it absolutely well. um, we we really should push push more on this side of the pond because we have it we have the talent we have the creativity it's and i think i think with london's the third biggest tech hub in the world now uh behind usa and china I, again yeah I that sounds about sure. right to me please everyone fact check these things i'm pretty <laughs> sure i'm right but um just make sure you double check um but yeah yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Did you have any, um, apart from the fact that, you know, mum was quite entrepreneurial and it sounds like that was really instrumental mm. along with uni being instrumental, did you have any role models, maybe not somebody that you knew, but just p- 
people that you looked up to that you'd look at in magazines or or on on television yeah well i mean well starting with people that i know i mean there are many um you know uh people who had started their own businesses um that i had been mentored by um you know uh yeah that has just really helped us even you know when we were doing the sort of whole website design thing i'm very sure some of them took us on just to help support us and you know um it we will always be grateful to them um as well Uh, my friends have always been inspirational around me just because you know if if you have a bad day if you have something that has kind of knocked you back they'll be there kind of like hey man it's not it's not a big deal come hop on the place bad playstation 4 with us ps4 let's play a bit and you know you'll get it next time you'll get back to it um and you know that around you when you know people are sort of rooting for you that is inspiration in and of itself because you're like i'm not the only one who's kind of bought into what i'm doing other people have as well which is great and in terms of people i look up to um just anybody who really sticks to their vision and is original um i mean yeah. i know uh sometimes he can uh be quite uh, quite the talking topic but you know for the likes of elon musk or yeah um people who just have a vision and push forward with it uh because things stay the same when nothing disrupts it right so to be somebody who disrupts the system you have to disrupt the the system you have to disrupt things and change is uncomfortable until it's not and then it's the new norm and then change will come again so um yeah just anybody i I look up to anybody who i mean i could learn about somebody tomorrow and as long as that they've they've stuck true to their vision and they've been original and they are passionate about what they do um to me they'll always be an inspiration because in a world that tries to kind of suck the creativity out of people and um (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> tell, tell me about it. Honestly, as in, oh my goodness, people lighten up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's uh, in in a world that can have some very negative, well, a lot of negative people. Those yeah. who those who push forward and press on, uh, they're always gems to keep around. Always gems, to. always diamonds. Yeah. And in saying that, um, because we we've got about ten more minutes, I want to speak about lockdown ah change yeah change being the operative word you just mentioned change you mentioned yeah how things can you know people start sorry speak start spitting there (laughs) (laughs) because i think talking even thinking about lockdown (laughs) and and people just you know negativity yeah you know um let's talk about lockdown like yes how how was that for you? Um, very interesting. Uh, for us, it kind of felt like a back to basics, back to our grassroots kind mm-hmm. of feeling because we went back to working from our, our homes and our dining tables. And um, at first I was like, oh man, <laughs> like, I was like, we just, oh gosh. But I mean, not just, we'd been yeah. in Plexal for a while at that point, like over a year. But even still we were like, man, but. Did you feel okay. like you was on the, like up, going up? the mountain yes, and then and that it happens felt, it felt like okay a bit back to basics but we're actually very fortunate um because one we're still here two we're actually doing better than ever now and three uh, um you know this has actually kind of further proved our point that training needs to be useful because companies that were relying on training before um just to be kind of like okay we've done it tick but we'll teach them on the job anyway now that people aren't there uh, all the time physically to teach them on the job you need to rely on their training and if the training isn't that good you're not going to have the same quality of output that you normally do. Um, so we've had, you know, supermarkets reaching out. We've had other companies sort of really being like, okay, look, um, you know, it. we need to... I mean, the companies that we're already working with, um, their training was good anyway, and they already had a good yeah. vision um, towards, um, towards uh, you know, a pre-lockdown when they approached us. They already knew. So they're, they're quite innovative. And anyone coming on board, you're also innovative as well. Um, sometimes it just takes other people to, you know, catch on a bit. A bit. Uh-huh. 
a bit quicker. But um, yeah, lockdown was strange. It was we, we were very fortunate that one that everyone in our team was uh, safe, uh, still fit and healthy, and we're very grateful for that as well. Um, but it was a strange time because you watched around the world as other companies didn't do too good, and you'd have you know fellow peers in the startup world who weren't doing as great and. It was it's heartbreaking you know seeing other companies maybe struggle and not do as well or maybe even try and consider you know do we do we put an end to this um you know we didn't uh, in particular because we we were still going fairly strong but even for other companies that we knew we would think and you no know, I'd, I'd have phone calls being like no like absolutely not you're not going to quit because even though this is a global pandemic, this is what you've put into this it will succeed you just need to hold off for a bit mm. um and you know, I'm, I'm actually quite happy to say I don't think I'm. No, I personally know one startup that's folded up. I know a few that considered, but um, that didn't actually do it in the end. But um, you know, I think uh, I mean from the pandemic anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's just uh, I think being uh, what do you say um, tenacity that having ten- tenacity, tenacity and team tenacity that you've had, I suppose, and motiv- motivation, keeping your mind like you you. I, su- I suppose you had to keep motivated because yeah. everything had changed at that point which is still working yeah adaptability well? that's the word i was thinking yeah of, being adaptive uh, or adaptable um to everything were you still working yeah we were um we were um you know uh on some projects being part on part off um as you would but um you know with some people just yeah saying okay you'll work on this one day and not one other day but in terms of um uh, how we were operating I think we kind of pivoted and focused inwards and said okay cool um, there's a storm outside we can't really go outside so let's be as ready to explode out of the gate once um, mm-hmm. uh, once uh, lockdown is over because it's not going to last forever and when everyone's allowed to go outside uh, if we have been preparing to sprint the fastest then we can we can really get a head start when we when we finally come back and we've been seeing that uh, as well so it's yeah very unfortunate situation and of course yeah. with the hundreds of thousands of people who've I mean millions who've died worldwide that have passed away yeah yeah, um, yeah. but we're very grateful that people you know in our team and the around us have been safe and have, have managed to weather the storm as well yeah you know no um that's well said um it has been a very well the, the worst kind of thing that I've ever experienced yeah in my lifetime how was it for you how was it for you? yeah it was again like working from home mm. and then um having my son at home and then speaking to other mums yeah you know other and other entrepreneurs and other people that have had to sort of like the world has stopped yeah and all the children are at home and then having to sort of do some uh, teaching so learn teaching and learning at home yeah with the children as well as put together put put some work on yourself as well and then you know it was in the beginning it was really really serious it was like gloves on 100% 100% of the time mask and only going out for like essentials mm. so um, and I think for the kids that was like whoa this is weird yeah. Yeah. this is really really strange I think for them they wouldn't really know what's <clears throat> going on as well would they yeah there's like what what is what is really happening here you know um, so yeah it was it was the world was like just feeling weird yeah. <laughs> the world just felt really strange and and then you had to deal with the emotions of you know hearing really unfortunate things happening to yeah. um to, to people and then you know the, the, the news and yeah it was and uh, and i think an entrepreneurial mindset in general is quite positive yeah i think that because we have to have tenacity mm. and 
diversification like think about different ways of doing things mm. and getting over hurdles i think even though it was very stressful time globally mm. i think because we'd kind of practiced that in our yeah and having a community as you said before in the startup world yes that actually really helped talking yes. to other founders and being like like how is it going for you and they're like dude it is crazy yeah. i've never <laughs> been like what is going on they asked me i'm like I don't, I don't know. know what's going on. Like, what's going on your end? You lost another person. I'm like, I don't know what's no. going on. So, yeah, I think kind of not solidarity and chaos, but kind of solidarity and chaos. Yeah, where yeah. No one really knew what was going on. Calm so, in the storm. Yeah, we were all in this kind of journey together, and it was just you know a helping hand of advice. Or, oh, the government has, has released this, or they said this, or they've done this, or this is the new thing, or that's the new thing. Oh, this company's trying this, or these are these VCs. It just helps when you have a network to lean on as well. Yeah. So, what does the future look like for the ah, Moon Hub? <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Give me, tell me what's happening. What does the future look like? And you know, what, how do you envisage things over the next couple of years? Let's just put in our minds that another lockdown is not going to happen. Let's be yeah. completely positive. Mm. No lockdown is going to happen. This is where we're heading. What, where are you heading? Uh, in a very exciting, <coughs> uh, exciting place. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, we're working with some incredible companies. Um, uh, again, we haven't got full press rights for some of the names yet, yep. um, but they are very exciting projects. And um, one's kicking off next month with a PLC, which is really, really exciting. Um, and, you know, we want to become the market leaders when it comes to corporate training and, you know, having corporate companies convert their training into this virtual environment. Just stepping into the new frontier and the new, sort of generation of tech right and um yeah with with the companies that we're working with now it's yeah really really exciting um stuff uh we want to further develop the um the software that we have we're starting to look at or conceptualize even how we're going to incorporate more ai and machine learning in what we do um and then from there where do we take it next where will technology be at that point you know will we have more mixed reality um and you know yeah just essentially going as far as we can uh, we're excited and yeah it's it's looking really promising that's brilliant the team is growing everything's yeah. happening yeah. um you guys are innovative you know things you're, you're moving into new markets yeah as well so you know i think you know the, having this interview with you has really opened up my eyes to your backstory thank you yeah. <laughs> and where you're where you're coming from and, mm. and where you're going to and you've left some real lovely little edibles and takeaways for people to be thinking about in terms of funding in terms of keeping in they're keeping their motivation and inspiration mm. um and what they can do and building your building your tribe yeah. you know which is really really important um and um just about um looking for for role models and and little takeaways mm. from people that have been there to inspire you on your journey and actually i think the most powerful thing and it seems cliche because this is the power hour is <laughs> i love the name by the way and anything that you put your mind to you can do you know dami was really open talking about being um a black a black young black boy from london and openly saying hey i was different and i was never really part of a particular group of people mm. i always knew that i had something else within me and something else within me that was quite special that i wanted to adventure and i wanted to seek out and i think those are the touch points and these are the things that we want to say that you can do it yeah wherever you're coming from and what you know whatever it is that you think may be holding you back there isn't anything to say that you know you can't get funding or you can't be at the right place at the right time to start a company and 
and you know it will grow and develop into something wonderful and awesome so just keep going and um, I hope you've got, had some really good takeaways here from myself, Louise Power, on the Power Hour, and Dami Hashtrap. He's the CEO of VR tech company, The Moon Hub. Just quickly tell them where they can find you, Dami. Yeah, so if you ever want to reach out, I, you're more than welcome to. I'll be more than happy to talk to anybody, um, you know, especially if you want some advice. Um, you can find me at Dami Hashtrap on all social platforms. Um, and you can find us at The Moon Hub uh, on all social platforms as well. Uh, and thank you so much for having me on, Louise. You're more than welcome. And hopefully you can come back again in another time. Time. You have been locked into the Power Hour with Louise Power. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back at the same time next week, 4 p.m. Um, on Revive FM. Don't touch that dial.